Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us. Just like that, the final hour is here. Every day it gets quicker and quicker that we get to that last hour. So good feeling. Today, peaceful, you know, easy feeling. What could have happened today on the show is both men to my left and my right would have been sweating it out today. But Judge hit 62 last night. All right. And the Braves won. They clinched the NL East. Well, is this is this um, year number five in a row? Five in a row, okay. Hutton. This is the fifth in a row. Uh, I was sweating it out last night watching that game. I watched all of that game last night and was completely into it. And it was one of those games, anyone who's watched any baseball knows these games, where you're playing – an inferior team, and you're outplaying them, but you strand a village on the bases. And that was the Braves. Every I think Dansby Swanson, the first six innings, may have stranded nine runners on his own. Oh. Uh, up with bases loaded, second and third, two outs, and the Braves could not push runs home. They're up two to one, starting in the maybe the fifth inning of the game, and they're just holding on for dear life. They The Marlins loaded the bases in the eighth, and Minter got the batter to pop out with two outs that ended that threat. And then Kenley Jansen with, with an easy, rare for him, three up, three down, ninth, and the Braves celebration was on. I, thought, I had kind of come to terms with the idea that he wasn't going to get it. And, you know, it's more about the playoffs for me at this stage. I was on my local Nashville radio hit this morning, and they asked me about my confidence level, thinking I was going to be great. And I was like, they said, is this the year? And I, no. For the Yankees? No. Yeah. I have no faith in Cole. Like I said to Johnny Damon, he's going to give up home runs. It not be like an ace. But he went through that stretch where he was great. He turned things around after the start and went he went about two months. Correct me if I'm wrong here, where his starts were very consistent. I mean he set the, the when team they were really, strikeout record, beat Ron Guidry, my favorite all time pitcher, but, but he, still he just the gives up these damn home runs. And Tyone, who's their fourth pitcher, is is like third in giving up home runs. And I just think in tight games. They're going to give up too many home runs. Their bullpen, Chapman, can't be on the bullpen roster, but he might be because they've got all these uh, injuries. I just don't have the faith that they're, they're going to kick it in gear. I think they'll win the first series, which would be against Cleveland if the seeding holds. Okay. Cleveland but plays. Ast- unless somebody beats the Astros in the other series. It's Cleveland, Tampa. Tampa, right. Yeah. That's I don't the- want Tampa either. I want Cleveland. Tampa scares me, but. I think they'll get through that series. I don't think they'll get through that. It Astros should be a fun play playoff after. run for yeah. both sides. Well, the Braves will be playing either St. Louis or Philly, so that's going to be a very compelling series with either one of those two two teams. So, yeah, it was uh, it was nerve wracking last night, and I'm watching the game and I'm thinking it's it's a situation where I'm not I'm pulling for my team, but part of me is also thinking Marlins, can you just be the Marlins and stop putting up a fight? There's nothing to play for. You are a day away from hitting the golf course. Please stop putting up a fight. They want to win one thinking. for their outgoing manager. Yeah. What I becomes guess. of him? 
Well, if it comes to Don Manning, is it he's weird? I really like him. I, I do really too. like him too. I, I he's one him. of my favorite players. I mean, I, of all time. I, if I'm if I'm on his roster or in his lineup, um, or if I'm in the fan in the in the stands where I, I know they struggle to get attendance there, but they have for years. Um, I love that manager. Like, but yeah. he, he's always taking up for his players. He gets thrown out maybe too much, but and he stirs the pot some. Um, but he's, he's not probably getting hard job. Is, is, he? is he hard to play for? I mean, I, 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 I don't guess it's not a fun environment. No, I, I've never heard that about him. I mean, they, he just had really bad rosters. I mean, it's it's tough to blame a guy that you know has not had a ton of talent. How does he not get another job? And the talent job, they then, get is, the is shipped out. You know, I mean, it's well, he's not getting another job because they never win. But it's also is it his well, fault they don't win? Or is the fact that the Marlins, whenever they get young talent. They get rid of them, and yeah. they just haven't been able to hold but on to But also, anyone. I think what you're looking for in a manager now is a guy who's going to execute the analytics of the front office. And is I don't know how Maybe Miami's so. operated. I don't know anything about them. But is Don Mattingly taking a job to execute the analytics of the front office? He's a baseball guy. I mean, uh, I don't I don't know. He was good enough for Jeter. Yeah. I, I, yeah, but it's, I, I it's think a good Jeter question. wasn't running a, a, a – I don't suspect Miami was operating that way, and I suspect that's part mm. of why Miami sucks. <laughs> um, Maybe like, what's the analytical aspect of what we're seeing from Snitker in Atlanta? He's he's one of the older guys. Yeah, he he's just kind of an old school. Just put him out there, let him go play. You know, they're not going to put a lot of pressure on. They're you. not doing the analytics yeah, from the top down thing, are they? Oh, well, or to about, a degree. How about my stat yesterday? And the Braves pulled off a sacrifice bond oh. last night. Game one sixty one. They were one game away. That's amazing. From being the first it? team in Major League history to not lay down a sack bunt. Michael I, Harris? I believe it was Michael Harris, who I said the night before, tried to mm-hmm. bunt once, popped it back. That's why I was asking. And then swung yeah. away. But he laid a perfect bunt down. That's um, amazing. One of the cool like human aspects of last night was the reaction. Chad, correct me if I'm wrong. It was, I believe, Oda Rizzi in the dugout. Yes. And who was great. He was with Charlie who's been, Morton. Who's not been good since he got traded from the Astros, the Braves. He was terrific last night. And he was with Charlie Morton. Yep. Okay, and they I, were teammates together in Houston, and you could tell Oder, he felt the pressure of that game. Yes, and that the fact that they pulled that off when what has been a struggle for him since he was traded. I mean, he's wiping away some tears. You got Morton there, like not consoling him, but like telling him, like, dude, this is now you. This is what we can do now moving forward. We're going to win with you, and I, I think the win. I'm, I'm curious to follow him now in the postseason because that. That win and being able to clinch the way they did with him on the mound, now we get to see if that pays off now with some confidence. Charlie Morton is one of the best guys in baseball. Everyone who's covered him, has played with him, just loves Charlie Morton. He was right there talking to Odorizzi. It's a funny moment because that happened in an inning before okay. where he was in his ear talking to him. Then in the last inning, Odorizzi's almost like praying out loud, but he's got a bead of sweat coming down his face, and he's kind of looking up and pacing – when, Jan- uh, when Kenley Jansen's in there in the last inning, and right behind him, we talk about opposite ends of the spectrum, you've got rookie Vaughn Grissom, not a care in the world, the second baseman who came in and homered you know, in his first game at Fenway Park, and he's just chatting it up and laughing with someone you know, right next to him. They're joking about whatever's going on, and Oda Rizzi looks like he's about to die. So how do the matchups stack now for the Braves? Braves uh, get the winner of they get the winner of Philly and St. Louis. Okay, so that's going to be a good series. Basically, they avoid the Dodgers until the NLCS. And if the, the Dodgers Braves would do, get the Mets if the Mets the Braves win. do what the Braves should do. 
So you can't play the Mets and the Dodgers, which is good. I would You're going to get the winner of the Mets Dodgers if the Mets if win. the Mets beat the Padres. Okay. So Padres in at City Field against the Mets. And who do you fear the most? The Dodgers, I would imagine. Philly is in St. Louis for three games. And who do you fear the most? The Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers are just. But outside stand. of the Dodgers, mm, Mets I, would be the, super the Mets, tense. Yeah, I, the Mets feel like a team that would probably choke it's a, it's again. A, but it's a game seven against series. the Braves. But I don't want to see Degrom and Scherzer yeah, and, and Bassett. And they've got revenge. And Bassett's yeah. the uh, the the ERA leader in the National League is their third starter. So a challenge. That'd speaking be a of a uh, of analytics, though, uh, Michael McHenry will be on tomorrow, and what he does for the Pirates and a lot of the the Bally Sports and other networks is he dives in analytically and will give pitching matchups or where he thinks a series will be determined within a lineup outside of the norm, uh, outside of like Aaron Judge and what he does at the plate. He'll be bringing that aspect to us tomorrow uh, with his analysis. So I'm, I'm eager to see how he sets this up with the stats behind the, the analysis as the playoffs will get started on Friday. And just going back briefly to, to Odorizzi, what was at stake there? Like, was he worried about not being a part of the playoff roster or something? Like, he, it looked like he saved his job in what – someone described it to me as, this is a guy who at times didn't deserve a spot. He was so bad. And yeah. I don't know if it was really to that extent, but – like it looked like a guy that um, just earned a roster spot in the final preseason game of well, the NFL. Well, it's, it's look, he got traded. He was going to be a you know a late rotation starter, and he was, and he's just been bad for the Braves all year. So this was him being placed into a big moment where you don't want to go into that final day having to pitch Max Freed on an afternoon game and risk if you lose, you could completely collapse in the final and three it, games. So it was a big moment for him that they're. It's one to nothing Braves early. They had a chance for more. He gives up a solo home run. It's one to one. And that was it. I think he pitched into the six, maybe five or six complete innings. He was really good. So I think it was more Hutton of you're new to this team that won the World Series. By the way, won the World Series against his team a year ago, the Astros. You don't want to be the one that comes in and messes up anything. So there's a lot of pressure in that moment when you're the new guy that joins the team midseason. I think he was feeling I, some of that, but he he delivered last night in a in a well, pretty pressure packed situation. I, he's not going to be talked about much, but I I was thinking about him last night because I heard Judge's comments on on the pressure. Like he he was also looking at the schedule. He knew what was at stake, trying to hit sixty two, and there was relief post game with that, and you could see the relief without even needing to talk to him uh, from the Braves dugout too. It was he had a good line. Judge he said everybody could sit down and watch a game now. Yeah, including him today. <laughs> yeah. Now it's his turn to sit down and watch also. Um, hey, you, one, other, one other comment on the post-game celebration with Champagne that I watched. I watched probably way too much of it last night. Yeah. They're going into the clubhouse for the you Braves celebration. Kelly Kroll, who's the sideline reporter for the Braves, they sent her to Miami to take part in the celebration. If you're going to get the big ski goggles for the celebration, put them on. <laughs> Would you have them up on her forehead? She had them up on her forehead. Matt Olson, star first baseman for the Braves, has his up on the forehead during the interview. It's almost like uh, you know people that would wear the mask and take them off for the interview. They took off the goggles for the interview, and then, and then, spread, and then someone came doused. out talking just immediate into the eye of Matt Olson, champagne, which stinks. And this I'm, is why you I'm wear thinking, the like, Let's not injure someone's eye before the playoffs in this celebration. But she never put them on. She just had them on on her head. 
which looks equally ridiculous as putting them on camera, right? Like, I understand, like, you're, okay, I'm on camera. I My face, I'm looking at the camera. It's normally uncovered. But you've got these enormous ski goggles on. Put them on your eyes. Save yourself from the champagne. It was driving me nuts watching her with the goggles well, on her forehead but you have, and not on her eyes the whole time. You have players in there that are on the lookout for people not wearing the goggles. Right. Exactly. That's who you see. Well, she was getting, I mean, the, she had a champagne bath just like everyone else. Yeah, if you walk in there. But well, she, okay. she's got to keep them on. You run onto the plane surface and Bobby Wagner sees you. Watch out. You walk into that Look, locker I, room and you want to stay dry, you're screwed. I respect the hustle. I respect the game. She's staying professional. She's saying, I'm going to present my face to the camera. Like a reporter Which is would, my job. but I'm also thinking if you're going to put the goggles on your head, you've already taken down a layer of professionalism right. that you would normally have. So on then camera. go all the way. Just put them on your eyes. It's not gonna. It's not gonna distract me at all. More than them being on top of your head, which is more distracting because now you're getting hit in the face with champagne and the goggles that can protect you are on your head. I would love to hear comment from her on this. Uh, I would love to hear her hindsight this. Davey, let's reach out to Kelly Kroll and see if we can get her on. I'd love to go through the. Process. intricacies of the champagne celebration the thought process and, and the execution and then the hindsighting i think that she's going to be gettable because she's got a whole off season now <laughs> bally sports <laughs> will not be having any of these games so she's done i believe they all go away from bally sports so she's into There's her no off season post game show i'm sure she's Hawks still i'm sure she's still working i'm, I'm joking kind of but yeah, she's, she's about to not be seen because she'll be doing what Hawks I'm saying pre and post. <laughs> she's got a, so she, she can wear the glasses on her forehead all she wants. Fair enough. Now. Fair enough. Um, she's doing a lot of uh, Atlanta, what is the Atlanta? The Atlanta United. What's the team yeah, there? They, have they actually yeah. have a big audience. They have big crowds. I don't know what the yeah, TV audience is like. Yeah. Uh, big crowds in the SEC. SEC attendance figures. Eleven of the fourteen programs average at least ninety-five percent capacity after five weeks. Mississippi State. Oh, oh. Can I guess? Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Do you guys like want to guess? Vandy, not high. Yeah. Let, me start well, with, let me start with Mississippi I, State. I, yeah, Missi- <laughs> that's why I hesitated because I was like, yeah. well, if we're going to guess, you know. I'm, I, I got so, Vandy, not high. So 11, Vandy, Vandy's so, last. Uh, so only one more. Missouri. Ole Miss, he was Missouri. bemoaning. I, I so, always guess anyone with a rock formation in their end zone is probably not great in attendance. So that's are you surprised that Ole Miss is not on this list considering how much Kiffin has talked about it? Through five games, um, it's more of a student body next? issue, I think. So no, and it, I, no, they they're, do at, this. they're at at least ninety-five percent yeah, capacity. They the do programs it by who are not. Um, Mississippi State eighty-five and a half percent capacity. Missouri's eighty-four point seven. Vanderbilt's fifty-five point two. Uh, Georgia, by the way, the only program averaging one hundred percent stadium capacity. That also surprises me. Yeah, what have uh, who did Bama host that nobody went to? Well, just. It, the fact that they hosted so many national titles that yeah, but Saban is critical if they're blowing out an opponent and, and they the student section leaves. Yeah. Um, that surprises me. And then uh, Tennessee sold out Akron, yeah, but did not the week prior. It was close to capacity, but again, it's well, not one hundred. Yeah, we were there. It, it looked pretty full, but it was not a sell. I didn't want to say it was like ninety six thousand out of one hundred and one or whatever. It is I have now. a different attendance question. Uh, forgive me if I'm getting the details wrong. I was I had COVID at the time which excuses everything. Brain fog. Um, uh, Middle Tennessee, the week after the huge win over Miami. Yes. Had a quote-unquote blackout. And I saw yes. pictures of it. And it's ridiculous to have a blackout when you have that many fans coming to a game. So there are, are small did. groups of people That's their dressed, big night dressed game. in black. 
Yeah, it's not scattered a, around the stadium. Like they bunch yeah. up at least. You got to wait, but to you see can't the have a blackout if you're having before you do that. that kind of attendance. Well, they do, which it. I don't blame them. That I, I understand their attendance but, woes, but why look, would you have a blackout? I mean, I, I, per, I mean, you it's know where I come Friday night game. I'm not having gray uniforms. I'm not wearing black uniforms. If my primary colors are blue and white, like that's that's my program. You know, in no in no way, shape, form, or fashion am I brought, buying anything that's outside of my school colors uh, uniform. But also, I, I, unless you're having like unless you're having an occasion where you know your stadium is going to have some kind of major attendance, I think you just set yourself up to be goofed on when somebody sends out a picture well, of "Look at Middle Tennessee's blackout," and there are a few people over here in black and a few people over there in black. Yeah. All that it does is empty seat. The empty seats account on Twitter gets the goof on. Well, I mean, empty seats can also look down to uh, Hard Rock Stadium, where that win was no fluke against Miami, and they destroyed them. No, that was terrific. Where, where Michael Irvin and, and told I Eddie wish George people- no comment the other day. Did he really? Yeah, he was like, uh, uh, "We're we're on to conference play." You know, it's not it's not a great start for Mario Cristobal. Look, uh, by the way, the attendance uh, for the middle game may have been better in Murfreesboro than it was for Miami against Metal. Did you see the crowd for that yeah, game? Yeah, there was a weather delay there too. Yeah, but yes, there was no yes. one there in the second half. UCLA could, you know, they could use uh, the marketing strategy of Middle Tennessee as well, based on their crowd. Yeah, they they they've been struggling, but um, they've been also a surprise this year. I I was well, stunned that they beat Miami the way they that's did. That's terrific program building moment um guys when we come back let's get into some coaches on the hot seat across the nfl we're each going to just just make our proclamations on who's out now like either during the year or right after the season how many job openings do we see based on the pressure and the the need to win immediately for certain guys in the nfl we will also get to some accolades and awards from week four across the league and we will look ahead to the college football and NFL matchups this weekend. It's all coming up on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up in 15 minutes, NFL Awards. You can read the column now, kick.com. I have a new MVP. Breaking news alert there. Um, overreaction for the hot seat. I don't think we're going to overreact at all to this. Uh, in fact, I think many of the same coaches that we'll list off here in the NFL, we've already eliminated with our teams for the playoffs. That tells you where we stand with them. And I think many of us will have some there's, crossover here. There's definitely some crossover. So here's here's our premise. We're, we're telling you as of October the 5th who we think will not be on a coaching staff um, and will be possibly looking for another job or just out uh, of where they currently are fired by the end of the season, if not during the season. And I'm listing off five uh, that immediately come come to mind for me. And I'm starting with Cliff Kingsbury because I think it's one or the other. And they've I know they've extended him. I've got some coaches on here who have been extended this offseason. 
Kingsbury's facing a lot because of the expectations now with what they've been building. They're about to get Hopkins back into the lineup. I think they're two weeks away from that. And they've paid they've paid their quarterback. They have upgraded at certain positions. They think they've drafted well on defense. And it's time to win. They have not closed seasons well in recent years. And we know the controversy that took place all offseason. I think Kingsbury's out in Arizona. Matt Rule, he, I think we knew he was fired before the season even started. And that was with Baker Mayfield getting there and having a chance to prove himself in a prove-it year. Mike McCarthy is quietly doing okay because of Cooper Rush. I think the controversy starts for him whenever Dak Prescott gets healthy and things don't go nearly the way that people think it will whenever he comes back because then the quarterback controversy starts and he really needs Dak to play well in order to keep his job because the defense, while it's going to hold up and be very good, I think when Dak gets back, they're going to open up the offense a bit more, allowing for more turnovers, and we'll see how the offensive line also holds up. I don't think Dak's going to grip the football all that well. It's not... I. I don't hate the guy as a quarterback. I just don't think the mechanics of of his throwing hand will help. Wasn't this it Steve process. Young we talked about was yeah. big on that with the same injury Steve, saying he yeah. could not grip the ball? And I'll also just add in, um, we know Jerry Jones wants to win and it's been a while and he's not getting any younger. And he's been patient with McCarthy. I think he's out. Um, Frank Reich. You guys know where the, the soapbox I was on all offseason. I, I think he faces way more pressure than what many people on the outside looking in think. And Ursay, after this season, he's not going to be able to point to Carson Wentz. And if he continues to point at the Titans, he's out. Frank Reich's out. And Ron Rivera um, spent too much time releasing statements with Washington this past offseason while his owner is not technically the day-to-day owner. And... They're not that good. There's only so much they're going to put up with, and I think they have a new head coach there. What do you guys think of the initial list? I think the the most surprising name on the list is Ron Rivera in terms of his established career up until he got that job and the job I thought he would do there, and he has not done. I'm not disagreeing with it. He's a good stabilizer. He's he's on on the list for me, too. I I like Ron Rivera. I think he might go somewhere else to stabilize. It's kind of like the quarterback thing. We talk about Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill could go somewhere and stabilize an organization as a quarterback. Stabilize, but does not elevate. Yeah, both those guys. Rivera could go stabilize a bad organization, another bad organization, but uh, he's not elevating Washington right now. Chad. My list? Let's get to my list. My list, there's going to definitely be some crossover between uh, the the two of us. So we're doing this once a month, right, Davey? This is going to be a once a month exercise? Okay. Look how thin. Yeah. I thought I was going to have a fifth on here. Maybe not. You like... uh, So you have four out. You like everyone. Hutton's got five. I've got four. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, same reasons you said, Hutton. It's going to be him or Kyler Murray. And I believe it's going to be Cliff Kingsbury that's going to get, get the heave-ho and not the franchise quarterback. Uh, uh, Paul, I don't want to steal your thunder here, so maybe I should wait on the question. I'll, I'll wait because I, I want to have a conversation on Kingsbury on how he saves his job. Okay. Uh, Matt Rule, I don't believe, is going to save his job, can save his job. He's got a quarterback situation now that seems to be beyond repair. Um, we talked about it earlier. Baker Mayfield getting there so late has not helped anything. His turnovers have not helped anything. 
it's not even a quarterback controversy because they have no real good option to go behind Mayfield. So it's a mess in Carolina. Matt Rule is lining up right now for the Wisconsin or Nebraska job. That is what he's doing. He's going to get offered one of them, I'm willing to bet. Was a great college coach. He probably needs to go back to college football and try to reclaim his career there. Frank Reich, they've been a disaster this year. By any metric of anticipation for this season and predictions of what this team should be. The offensive line that's the highest paid in football, that's got the highest paid guard in football, is not any good. Jonathan Taylor, their best player, not always clutch. The Matt Ryan experiment, much like most of their experiments with one-and-done mercenary quarterbacks, not going well. They lost 24-0 in Jacksonville. They lost 24-17 at home to what's been a bad Titans team so far this year. Frank Reich, this is it. I think Jim Irsay is done, and this will be his final year as head coach in Indy. And Ron Rivera. Uh, The Commanders have been one of the worst teams in football. We just got done talking about it. Great at stabilizing things, not great at elevating things. And once again, he's proving that. Those are my four guys right now. Let me give you a little preview of next month's list also. (laughs) Um, Okay. If if the Indianapolis Colts go to Denver and win on Thursday, I'm not going to need to wait a month. Thursday night at midnight, that list will be updated to include Nathaniel Hackett of the Broncos that will be one and done. And out. He I, will be added to my list it. I if they lose and that I game. I wonder if that's where Paul's going. That is where Paul oh, is okay. going. Here Nathaniel go. Hackett uh, is not making out of this season. Wow. It's not just that he's not uh, particularly good and that the Broncos will not be good this season. He was hired by the Bolin Family Trust, and the Bolin Family Trust is out. The Walmart family is in. They're going to want their own guy. Um, and I wonder if they wouldn't try yeah, to gonna put him on clearance. I, I wonder if they wouldn't try <laughs> to interject the themselves jokes. in the Sean Payton deal here, though. That's not Sean Payton's region of the country, but uh, they're the richest owners in the league now. Um, if, Kurt, if, oh, by far. If Sean Payton by is far. interested in hearing a big, the biggest financial offer he could get, it could come from Denver. Uh, though Jerry can certainly compete. I meant to put Mike McCarthy on this list. I I think that uh, things will go south in Dallas, kind of for what you were hinting at or talking about, Hutt. Um, I I think Dak coming back will serve to complicate things. It's a defensive football team that needs to play the style it's been playing. I think they'll wind up losing out to Philadelphia. They could make the playoffs. They'll lose quickly like they always do. Um, the days of sticking with Dave Campo for a long time. Um, Jason Garrett. And Jason Garrett for a long time. I, I mean, Jerry's getting up there. He needs to win it and win it soon. And so I think that the Peyton Carrot will be just too big for him to resist. And if he can get him, he's going to get him. And that's going to be the number one reason for getting rid of McCarthy. Never mind McCarthy's shortcomings. Kingsbury, we've covered. Matt Rule, we've covered. Frank White, we've covered. I, I'm surprised Rivera hasn't been able to do more in Washington, and I think it's it's probably a, a dysfunctional organization thing as much as anything, and they needed a stable figurehead there, and he's been a stable figurehead there, but if the football's not good enough, the football's not good enough. I don't know where they go from him because they need a guy like him. Uh, they just need a guy like him who's also winning more football games. And, um, you know, I don't trust Daniel Snyder to do any better hiring okay. he or his wife. I've got, I've got 
two or three questions off this list. Keep the list up, Davey, because I, I want to go through this. So, and I, I'm going to end with Kingsbury. Of this list, only Matt Rule is getting an immediate job, and it'll be in college. Yep. You guys agree? Yes. Kings. So that that's where I'm thinking Kingsbury could get back there too. But I haven't heard him mention like I've heard Matt Rule, which is intriguing he wasn't to me. So successful in college, but he got an NFL job off of it yeah. though. Like there's um. Well, There's a college his, feel to why he was hired. Yeah, he's right? got he's got his uh, his distinctive. Well, offense. here's here's a, an example for you. <clears throat> Would Arizona State right down the road want to hire Cliff Kingsbury if he didn't work Again, out for the Cardinals? But I, how do you market it when you? I, you're I just only want to bring it up because people are automatically like, "Oh, Matt Rule's going to be a candidate here, here, here." But I never hear Kingsbury and. That's what launched him into the league because he was tied in with the college system. And he was, I mean, he, he wasn't great, but he also... But he was better at Temple yeah, I mean, and at, at Baylor than Kingsbury. Oh, with was. Rule. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see the college jobs and how we start to hear both names because the agents will get involved and you'll start to hear names. What would it take? I, I don't think Matt Rule saves his job. I don't think that Frank Reich saves his job unless they're winning the division. I don't think w w getting in the seventh seed and losing in the first in the wild card round saves his job. And, and, I, and I, you could probably say the same for it Mike might. McCarthy. I don't know. I, I, there's a there's just a vibe with ownership with Ursay that I don't I don't think he goes back the day after they're eliminated if they make the playoffs in one game and says, you know what. Um, we're on the right track. Here. Is there something else you can point at? It, de it depends on how, given that scenario, seventh seed, first round loss, is yeah, there so something there, else you can blame? So well, The way he could blame no, when? Well, the first round, the first round loss would there's, be the Chiefs of the Bills. There's nothing right? they yeah. could point to about the future getting a lot better because they've got an aging quarterback once again in this yeah. one-and-done deal. They're not going to have a high draft pick to go draft a quarterback at that point if they're the seventh team in the playoffs. So that that that's the issue. There's nothing positive to point to in the near future, if you're Indy. Is King, does, maybe Rivera's the answer. Maybe Frank Reich's the answer. But Kingsbury, I think, he can save his, he can save his gig. Um, I don't know about Hackett yet. I, there's, there's still a lot to be determined I think there. a playoff berth could save King, Kingsbury's yes. gig. Um, and the fact that he's getting Hopkins back and how good Murray and Hopkins have been early in the seasons. I know they've, they've failed miserably down the backstretch, and I know Hopkins was hurt for the playoffs last year. But when he comes back, do they just pick up where they've left off to start years? Look, they're and float. If they, if they they're do, two and two in a division that's all two and two. Yeah, and they went on the road, and that was a big game to go on the road and win at Carolina. It was again a uh, game they had to win, had to win it, and and now they've got it, and now they start to you know they're about to go through a track here where let me. Pull up their full Look, these other ones, there's something in evidence for all of them. Uh, Kingsbury, yeah. we're all projecting. Yes. We're all projecting things are going to go bad. And they haven't gone as badly as we projected because without Hopkins, we thought it would be crap early. Who else did they beat? I don't know. Carolina's not much of a win, but it's the kind of game they you've got to win. They beat the Raiders. Remember that weird They beat the Raiders, and, and I think we all think that the Raiders are pretty bad. So... You know, they're doing what they need to do right now, but that's much more of a forecasting pick well, that things are going to go south than these other ones. And you guys aren't with me on Hackett yet, but we're, we're consensus oh, Chad, on Rule, Chad, Reich, and Rivera, and that's largely Chad's with you. bad stuff. Chad's almost I'm with you. He just hasn't been technically put on my list yet. 
Um, so just looking at the Cardinals' quick schedule here, just early, just October. They're hosting the Eagles this week. Loss. Agreed. They will then travel to Seattle. That is a big That's game. a pivot game for both franchises. Um, the loser, I think, of that game probably ends up being who we thought they were. Yeah. Geno I'd Smith take Seattle or Murray. Right now. Yeah, me too. Um, then they're hosting the Saints, who are better than their record, but they're still not that good. You know what I mean? Defensively like, could be a problem. Um, yeah, they're not that good. I, I think about the Saints the same way I think the talk was about the Titans at 0-2, where if they're 1-1 and and the kick is good in week one to win it, the talk is not as detrimental. And, and last week in London, you have the double doink, and if they hit it, they win it. Uh, Cardinals then go on the road against the Vikings. Then, then they're hosting Seattle. So they've got two games against Seattle over the next month. Those. And then they're facing two good teams – in the Saints and the Vikings, uh, Saints defense and Vikings offense. They could go two and two there. And then they're alive. And then, More again, you're, you're working your way in through a wild card break. And then Hopkins is back. And if you finish the season strong, which is what we're trying to set up here. And they haven't. If you do that. Well, that think, would be a reversal of everything they've done under Kingsbury, too. Yeah, but finishing you, strong. But and the fi- start exactly. would be okay. And you feel like you've got momentum and you've turned the corner on you know, choke, choke jobs. Yeah. However, it could start four and four. If, if it starts to, uh, I'm around Thanksgiving. If things go go crazy on on the Cardinals, here here to me, you've got the 49ers, Chargers, Patriots around the holidays. If it starts to take a turn, this is an organization that will point fingers. Arizona, they did it last year. Murray and Kingsbury pointed at each other. Through also, the, through what's the same Kime, what's Kime's contract? Because Kingsbury got the extension. They extended both. I think they the extended same time. both. Yeah. That that will reduce the finger pointing a little bit if those two weren't on the on the same no I'm track. not I'm not saying the the GM and the head coach I'm saying the head quarterback, coach and, the quarterback and the head coach yeah. yeah where you know they were joking but they let Murray call some plays in the preseason to show know? him how hard it was there was the study clause in the contract <laughs> exactly you know, yeah. all that stuff uh, that, that all comes back, back up. Call of yeah. duty that comes back up if if they don't finish strong this year I think they're going to be alive for a bit. So I, although all three of us are going to have Kingsbury on our lists, and I don't disagree with it at all, I think he's going to be fired. I think he's the one that I would point to that can save his job just based on the schedule and the way they can finish the season. I like the Arizona State idea. I mean, he's got the charisma. Colorado. If he's willing to, to go out and recruit I don't want anybody coaching Colorado based on you want no how coach? bad it's been. You want a no-coached team? Team uh, captain's coach? I, don't wanna, I, I, don't, I would not want to <laughs> be a coach. Coached. I wouldn't want to be Cliff Kingsbury knowing – I'm going to try to turn around a program where other coaches have gone to to die. Well, wouldn't you sooner you know, go I, be a quarterback you coach don't in revive, the league? You don't revive your you don't revive your your coaching resume there. Wouldn't you go, sooner go be I a quarterback coach in the State. NFL than go coach Colorado or go be a, a top notch college offensive coordinator for someone, which he could get that job easily for a top program that's in need of a coordinator. Yeah, I, so. I, I think it takes a special circumstance for somebody to go coach. It's, it's hard to know what he sees himself as, though. Matt Rule, if this doesn't work out, I'm sure he's going to see himself as a college coach. Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know. It didn't really work out at Texas Tech. Well, his and, alma mater did for a time. And with Matt Rule, it's, and, he took the big money. Yeah. You know, he took the money and he turned down other jobs because the offer was he didn't have full control of his staff. He turned down the Jets. Yes. And Matt Rule... 
took the Panthers' job Jets because he had lucky. full control and he got the money. He got, what, $8 million or something a annually? A controversial yeah. contract right. that the other owners were so, pissed off about. So to Chad's point, he's like, I don't know what Kingsbury is, college pro. Rules a college coach who took the money to go coach in the NFL and has an easier schedule, and no one would blame him for that. But he's, he got college money to go to the Panthers. Kingsbury didn't. He, I mean, he pro- he's probably making what he was making. He didn't get upper echelon, no. you know, $10 million college salary. He doesn't have that kind of an owner. Right. But he took the... Uh, he, he leveled up when he probably shouldn't have. But he leveled up, and then they drafted... Kyler Murray with the number one overall yeah, pick in the draft that was held here in Nashville. I'm asking the question, if it doesn't work out, what's his level down? Is it right. assistant coach in the NFL? Is it, is it head coach? Bad uh, job in college yeah. head coach? Because that's right. what you're going to get. I think it's that. I mean, to me, his ceiling is probably Colorado head coach. Um, or is Lower state, level power five. Or is it Ole Miss whenever Kiffin bolts? That would make sense. I mean, that fits. Yeah. Uh, there are certain programs that fit the vibe that's there. not too bad of a landing spot no no and it, he can have the same type of success that kiffin's i mean to me i i think in, if i'm pairing i think of those guys in the same description you know kiffin's a bit more um ready to bounce at all times but social media wise uh kingsbury's uh, on social media now the way kiffin was at tennessee right and he would do more yeah more recruiting, for I, sure. I think Cliff Kingsbury will, will have more success in his next iteration as a college head coach than anything in the NFL. Just personally, that's the way. I, and Matt Rule, there's, it's a no-brainer. He's going to go back to college and be a good head coach again. And then it becomes fascinating on the next coach at Arizona or Kyler Murray, if, who they've just invested in. You want to give you the flip side of that? David Shaw might get fired at Stanford at the end of the year. I think he will be better as a, an NFL coach I think, I think so at too. some point than in college. He'd I think be he's a good guy for he's Washington. He's the rare guy that could eventually just yes. not flame out. He was great at Stanford for a time, but just time himself out of college. And if an NFL owner gave him a chance, I think he'd be a terrific I'd NFL coach. I'd put him with the commanders right now. Yeah. I like that match. Uh, here's my question. Nebraska, Wisconsin. If you're looking at Rule, Leonard, uh, Aranda, who I don't think's going to those places, who's the other name or two that we've Lance had? Lance Leipold from Kansas. Leipold. How Matt are you Campbell. stacking that? How attractive is Rule among those successful college coaches right now? I mean, if you wanted to hire Dave Aranda, I would hire Matt Rule for the same reason. He won big at Baylor, and he took over Baylor when they were coming off scandal. And got them good pretty quick. And he won at Temple. Uh, he'd be a great hire. Does Carolina hurt? Does the NFL failure no. hurt him? No, no, no. Not in college. I don't think so. No. I think if you're Nebraska or Wisconsin, you'd love to have Matt Rule. He'd be close to the top of my list. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick360. Coming up, Paul and Chad will tell me where I'm wrong. As I list off the, the accolades after the first month of the NFL season. Hey, one other thing, too, before we move on from that. Yep. Someone else who's not hurt by NFL failure in the end is Bill O'Brien. I think Wisconsin and Nebraska should look at him. Currently the Alabama offensive coordinator for the job he did at Penn State. I still think New England should have looked at him for offensive coordinator. I, I think Bill O'Brien, yes. though, in the, in the same Bo Pelini vein and then the whole culture of Wisconsin football, I think he works in those places. He feels northeastern to me. But it's, it's more is. of a tough-minded yeah. thing. Like, Bo Pelini feels Northeastern to me, but he's from Youngstown, Ohio. 
right. in his demeanor. So it works. I mean, it worked for a while there in Nebraska, even though they didn't want to believe what it What does worked. Bill O'Brien want? I want to know what Bill O'Brien wants. That's a good question. This is Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick.com <laughs> is where you can go for NFL Awards Watch in week four. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Funny break conversation. Jalen Hurts is, I think, now the best player. He's the most valuable player through four games. He's been consistent. He is making the players around him better. Those players were already really good. He is making them better, and he's distributing the football well. They are running the football at a high clip. I I like the dual threat aspect, and for all of the haters on Jalen Hurts, it's tough to find a reason not to buy into the Philadelphia Eagles now because this is the first time since he's been uh, a professional that he's had the same play caller in a consecutive season. So I think you see the comfortable aspect of what he's being asked to do, and I think even more so we can see where the organization is very comfortable with him and again, they've they've put the playmakers around him, much like we've saw in in Miami. I've also added Patrick Mahomes to the list. I've hesitated to put uh, mainly because I think the the other guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have been really good. I've added Mahomes in. Jackson's out, and I put Allen back in this week. Mahomes is back because he makes things look so effortless, and he's playing at an MVP caliber rate right now in Kansas City. I'm buying Hurts. Yeah, most surprising entry, and I've, I've read your column, Hutton, most surprising entry this week is definitely Hurts because he was the guy, we were pointing to those, Tua and Hurts, the quarterbacks that, hey, yeah. there's no excuses now. Let's see who goes Zach out Wilson and plays. Yeah, let's see who yes. goes out and plays well. Zach Wilson, one game in, 1-0. Daniel right. Jones. Made it work you know, in the end. Not a great stat line, but list. it was good in the end. So, yeah, I, I like Hurts on that I'm list. buying Hurts, except I didn't buy him on the Manning cast. Yeah, he was not a good Manning, I, Manning oh, cast guest. That. that was not great. That's two weeks in a row I flipped away from the Manning He's, cast. With last, last year, I said I was absolutely devoted to and all in. You know, the problem is he's one of those guys, he's too cool. Yeah, he's a little too, too cool. Too quiet, Hurts. cool, like so calm and collected – it doesn't lead to a great guest or conversation because he's just so chill about everything. And the week before, not chill, Tracy Morgan just had no concept of waiting that there was a little bit of a delay and they were stepping all over each other. It was just a, a car crash. From a timing perspective, John Hamm was the best at understanding the delay and just allowing it to breathe for a second and then knowing when to get in and out of plays and talk about it. I, it was a good balance of talking about the game and watching the game together but telling stories. I do find it a little annoying that a the major sports network has a major program with the Mannings and in order for a guest to be good, he has to understand the delay element. But in it's, it's, it's hit or miss. They always have one that's got the right setup. They had Jimmy Johnson on who's on Fox and he had the perfect setup at his home and wherever he is in South Florida where the, he had it on time. Jalen Hurts. 
was on time. There was a camera setup, you could tell. Yeah. In his, so it, there was no delay with Oftentimes that. Oftentimes, it's a consideration, though, and it seems to me, technologically speaking, they should be above yeah. and beyond Steph that. Curry was on yes. his own when he was on uh, Monday night, and then John Hamm was on his own, you could tell, because there was more of a delay. I think I'm done putting up with it. When it's a thing like it was for Tracy Morgan, uh, I'm out. Yeah, and, and I really I want prefer, to be in. It depends on the game, but I prefer to just watch those interviews on YouTube later. And then... Yeah, that's the good I, thing about it is you can get the highlights with awful announcing. Yeah. Or someone you follow on Twitter will give you the funniest things that happen over the course of the This night. is like one of those categories that we, we could spend time on. Like I, something that I was in on and I was sure I would always be in on, then all of a sudden I'm out. See, I still like it because it's the only – but I wouldn't like it with anything else. It's very weird. It goes against what I normally would like to watch. I don't which want is guests. The game with the game no, broadcast. I enjoy it when it's just them. But it's fun when it's just them because you – it does – you almost sink into it. You don't even know that you're a part of the conversation. But you're watching it and it just feels like everyone's in the living room when just it's just the them talking. Just two of them talking football and taking some shots at each other and pointing stuff out to you. But then the guests bog it down. Um, so the last two weeks now – Based on this injury report, it appears as though Brady was at practice today. He didn't practice because he's on the injury report. Well, this divorce it, is going to change everything. But, uh, you know, he wouldn't be on the injury report to, if he's allowed off. They wouldn't add him today, would well, they? Well, if he's not there, I think they have to acknowledge it in the injury report in some way, shape, or form. Say, not injury-related. Well, this is injury-related is what they're saying. He's got a right shoulder issue in the right finger injury which he said on jim gray the shoulder so he did not practice for the bucks uh tomorrow plenty of discussion for college football we'll dive in with the nfl as well trey wallace and armando salguero will join us plus michael McHenry previews major league baseball in the postseason that's all on outkick 360 starting at two central good job everybody don't block the box please lock your locks see ya